Thank you for tuning in today at Propel Church. Whether you're watching through YouTube or listening through podcasts, we want to say thank you. Our hope at Propel is that you would be propelled into an authentic relationship with Jesus. From wherever you are tuning in, we hope that you are encouraged and inspired by this week's message. We are so excited that you are here with us this morning. If we haven't had the privilege of meeting yet, my name is Pastor Nick Newman. I want to say welcome. Uh, My wife and I started this church a little over five and a half years ago uh, with the hope of creating a place where you didn't have to suffer through Sundays, but you could be excited about church. I love what Scripture says about David. It says that, When they said to me, let's go into the house of the Lord, I was glad. I had joy. I was pumped. And so we hope that Sunday becomes the highlight of your week as you connect with God and God's people. And if it's your first time with us, we want to say good morning and welcome to you. We also realize that some of you are watching online with us today. We want to say good morning as well. Church, could you do me a favor? Can you help me welcome those here for the first time in our online family? Come on. So excited, and uh, we believe that God's Word has incredible power. Uh, I've had the opportunity to have the last couple of weekends off, and I am ready to preach God's Word with you today. And so if you have a Bible, you can go ahead and go with me to Matthew chapter 24, and uh, we're going to talk about the story of Peter. But we've been in this series now. This is the final week. It's been called Take Courage. And the whole concept and premise of this is that in the world that we live in, you and I are going to have to make a stand for God at some point. There are going to be things that God calls us to, and when we do, there's sometimes the only thing you're going to be able to do is take courage in those moments. It may not look like the circumstance you find yourself in is desirable. It may not look like this is what you signed up for, but you have to remember the one who called you and told you to do what you're currently doing. And so this series has helped you and I get ready for all that we have in store. Because I believe that at some point in your life and in mine, we are going to have to take courage in order to experience all that God has for us. And so we're going to examine the life of Peter in this message that I've called the courage to step. But in all of our lives, there comes a moment where we have to take a step that is filled with courage. I remember one of those steps for me was when Tori and I felt called to plant a church here in Mount Pleasant. And I remember feeling this weight of wanting to plant a church, but if I'm honest with you, Mount Pleasant wasn't the place that I felt like I was going to spend the rest of my life. And, and the reason why, nothing, has nothing to do with the town. I, I love this area, and, but I had been kicked out of the high school here for drug possession. And I felt like my reputation here wasn't the best and that this was going to be a hard place for me to plant a church. But God kept pushing us and pushing us and pushing us. And it was a step of courage that we had to take where we didn't have all the details. There was just a dream in our heart to do that. And the cool part about it is when you're obedient to take a step of courage, when you don't have all the details, you get to experience the miraculous. So just something to celebrate with you. In the five and a half years we've been in existence as a church, we've seen over 700 people make decisions for Jesus and baptize over 320 people. So come on. That's what it's all about. And so we're taking big steps of courage. And so if you got your Bible, Matthew chapter 
uh, 14, verse 24, Jesus and the disciples have just got done doing a lot of ministry. They've been feeding a lot of people. They showed up one day, and there was about 5,000 people there, and they needed some food. And Well, they only had a few loaves of bread and some fish. Jesus fed all of them. And then at the end of that, he tells the disciples to get in the boat and go to the other side of the lake. So the disciples get in the boat. They're being obedient to do what Jesus told them. But Jesus doesn't get in the boat with them. He goes off to pray for a little bit. Because what Jesus is modeling for us is that in order to have public ministry, you have to have private devotion. So you can do great things for God, but if you don't maintain your private devotion, at some point your public ministry will crumble. It's a different message. (laughs) Matthew 14, verse 24. I I got 30 minutes and 31 seconds. I got to do this. Matthew chapter 14, verse 24 says this. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. It was about three o'clock in the morning. Jesus came toward them walking on water. When the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified. And in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. And so often when we talk about storms in our lives, we think that storms are an indicator of disobedience. And we look at the storm, for example, like the storm that Jonah is experiencing, where God tells Jonah to go to Nineveh and Jonah says no, and he goes the opposite direction. And when Jonah tells God no and goes the opposite direction, a storm comes in to get Jonah's attention. So when we think about storms, we oftentimes think that storms are an indicator of disobedience. But this is not the case. Because the disciples were doing what Jesus told them to do. Jesus said, get in the boat and go to the other side of the lake. And so what do you do when you end up in a storm when you're being obedient to do what God has told you to do? This is where the disciples are. Now, if I'm honest, the reason why Jesus didn't tell them about the storm is because they probably wouldn't have gotten in the boat to go to the other side if he'd have given them all the details. Because God doesn't tell us what we want to know. He only gives us what we need to know. Sometimes the courage, I'm going to talk to you today about faith and courage and how they work together because you can't have one without the other. But the reason why God doesn't give you all the details is because if he did, you wouldn't actually go where he's leading you to go. So they get in the boat and they start going and then they end up in the middle of a storm. And I think you and I have been there in those moments where we were obedient to God, we were doing everything he said, and then a storm appears. And when a storm comes, it is always the most inconvenient time in the world. (laughs) Scripture lets us know it's about 3 a.m. when this storm is happening. And what's hard about it is you and I will never be storm-proof in life. In fact, Jesus said that we're gonna have many troubles in this world, that it's not promised for us to be easy. When storms come, oftentimes what comes out of it is fear. And what I came to tell you the first thing is this morning is that fear hinders our ability to see God. Fear hinders our ability to see God. When the disciples are in the middle of the lake and they are terrified, Jesus shows up. And when Jesus shows up on the scene, normally you would think that everybody's excited. But I wonder how often Jesus shows up and we don't recognize him because we're living in fear. Not only are they living in fear, but 
Fear is the mechanism that they're making decisions out of. Let's go back to Matthew 14 in that verse 26. It says, when they saw him walking on water, they were terrified. And look at this. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. So not only were they experiencing the feelings of fear, but now fear has become the decision-making mechanism of their life. And what you and I need to know is that if fear is guiding our decisions, it will hinder our ability to see God. I wonder how often God shows up in our lives, but we don't recognize him because we're stuck in fear. I think for many of us, we've been stuck in the fear of rejection. And so when someone does us wrong or they harm us, we blame the enemy for it. But really, it was God's way of protecting us from a relationship that we didn't need anymore. God showed up, but we thought it was the enemy because we didn't recognize that we were stuck in the middle of fear. Fear is a terrible decision-making mechanism. And in 2021, we have to talk about it because our world is filled with fear. But God did not design you to live that way. And make no mistakes, the good news for all of us is that storms and the enemy can't destroy you. But know this, your reaction to storms and the enemy can. So it's one thing to let fear happen in your life. We all experience it, but it's another to let it drive your decisions. And as I was kind of looking and thinking about this concept, um, I grabbed a a magnifying glass. And if I hold it like this, some of y'all got some big heads, right? (laughs) Here's what I love about a magnifying glass. If I look at this magnifying glass and I, I, for example, I'll, I'll look at my ring for a second. My ring gets bigger. And and the more I look at it, the more I focus on it, not only does my ring get bigger, but something actually begins to happen to my vision. When I'm so focused on what's going on in the magnifying glass, my vision outside of the magnifying glass gets a little bit distorted. And I think this is how we get stuck in fear, is we've been magnifying our fear, we've been focusing on it, we've been inspecting it, and it just seems like our fear gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And the more you focus on your fear, the less you're gonna be able to see God when he shows up in your situation. But there's a reverse. Here's how you get out of it. Look at what Psalm 34 says. That instead of us magnifying our fears, Psalm 34 says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. And look at this, he delivered me from all of my fear. You don't need an antidote for fear, you need deliverance. You need it gone. And the way you do that is you begin to magnify the name of the Lord even when you don't feel like it. You begin to call out to him and cry out to him in the middle of your fear because the more you focus on your fear, the bigger your fear will become. But the moment you start focusing on your savior, your savior will get bigger and your struggle will get smaller. Come on, 1030, I'm preaching about 42% better than you're responding. I'm gonna need you to pick it up today. Turn to your neighbor and say amen. Amen. You gotta get ready. Because I got 23 minutes and 43 seconds. So, no, but like all of us have fears. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the silly fears. Like, I'm, I'm like deathly afraid of spiders. Yeah. There's plenty of videos on YouTube. You can find them. <laughs> 
Like, I'm afraid of spiders. And some of y'all are thinking, oh, I'm going to surprise the pastor, and I'm going to throw a spider at him. I am holy and hood, right? You might catch hands. <laughs> I'm terrified of spiders. I'm not talking about being delivered from that kind of stuff. I'm talking about being delivered from the fear of failure. Like that you've been so stuck and paralyzed, fearing that you're gonna make a mistake, that you've never moved. Because the purpose of fear is to keep your feet planted where God has clearly told you to go. I'm talking about getting over the fear of men, where you're so consumed and afraid of what everybody else thinks of you that it guides and dictates every decision that you make. I'm talking about fear, getting rid of, getting delivered from the fear of darkness and demonic oppression where, where you are so worried about being overcome by the enemy at any moment that you are crippled to keep moving. God can deliver you and set you free today. And the good news for all of us is that when Jesus shows up, he has a word for the disciples. Yeah. They're in trouble. They don't know what to do. They don't possess the ability to speak and storms stop, but Jesus showed up. And look at what Jesus tells them in Matthew chapter 14, verse 27. It says, but Jesus spoke to them at once and he said, don't be afraid. That's easy enough, right? You ever met somebody who's stressed out and said, just don't be stressed. It doesn't work. But he gives them a second piece. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. So Jesus is like, hey, there's, there's good news for you. You're stuck in fear. You're in the boat. The storm is going on. But the good news is you don't have to be afraid. You can take courage. And I am here with you. But if you keep reading the text, I'm gonna, if you aren't familiar, this is the story where Peter walks on water. And so in just a second, when Peter realizes that it's Jesus, he's not like the other disciples who are freaking out about the storm. He's like, ooh, this is my moment. I can take advantage of this situation. You all have that kind of friend, right? And if you don't have that kind of friend, you are that person. Peter's like, oh, Jesus is on the water? Let me join him. I ain't swimming, I'm walking on it. So he says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come and I'll come. Jesus says, come. So Peter hops out of the boat. He starts walking on water. It's amazing. There's one problem. Peter is Peter. Right. And he gets distracted. Yep. And when he gets distracted by the storm that's still going on, scripture tells us that he begins to sink. Water walking was fun until you start drowning. That's right. So Peter cries out, Lord, save me. And Jesus doesn't wait for him to learn his lesson and drown a little bit and then rescue him. He immediately grabs him and he throws him into the boat. And when they get back into the boat, Jesus looks at Peter and says, oh, you of little faith, which was super confusing for me because when Jesus showed up here in Matthew chapter 14, verse 27, he said, don't be afraid take courage, I'm here. He didn't show up and say, don't be afraid, have faith, I'm here. So why did he say take courage in this passage, but then when he's talking to Peter about what he did wrong, tell him that he had little faith? And I think it's because 
it's not enough to just have faith. Because some of us have had faith for a lot of things. We've been believing God for really big things. We've been trusting him, but, but somehow you still have those fears. But what you need to do is you need to put some feet to your faith, which is why I've got this next point for you. And it's this, that courage is the manifestation of our faith. Courage is where your faith gets feet. Courage is the thing that takes your faith and puts action to it. You can have all the faith in the world, but if you don't do something with it, chances are you probably don't actually have that much faith. And so for some of us, when we get stuck in fear, here's where we stay stuck, is because we've been taught all we need to do to overcome fear is to just have faith. But that's not what Jesus told them. Jesus didn't, say show, didn't, Jesus didn't show up and say, have faith. He said, take courage, which means you have to have action. You have to do something with the faith that you have. Yeah. Faith is vitally important. Don't mishear me. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says that it is impossible to please God without faith. Yeah. There's not a question there. It's not like you might be able to do it. It's, a, it's impossible to please God without faith. So what happens is the, the way that faith and courage work together is that faith is believing in the character and the nature of God, and courage is our response to our belief. You ever heard people say, put your money where your mouth is? That's what courage is. I can talk about my belief in God all day. I can say that I believe God for the impossible. In fact, I still believe today that God is a healing, saving, miracle working God. I believe he is a great physician, that he has the ability to heal the sick here on earth because what healing is, oh, I don't have time to teach this, but I'm gonna teach it anyways. I might run, I might bust my clock this morning. <laughs> healing works in three ways miraculously, gradually, and eternally. What happens is when God heals miraculously is that we're accessing on earth what's already available in heaven. But I can have the faith that says God still heals today, but if I don't have the courage to go up and pray for somebody who's sick, I probably don't actually have the faith that God can still heal. That's how faith and courage work together. You can have all the faith in the world, but sometimes you gotta do something with it. And that's where courage comes into play. Peter has to take action. I love that in Joshua chapter one, verse six, God tells Joshua to be strong and courageous. To be means that he has to make a choice. Yeah. Courage is not something we feel. It's something we choose to do despite our feelings. Courage is where when I don't feel like getting up in the morning, I choose to get up anyways because I know that God has still called me and he has a plan for my life. Courage is when I don't feel like continuing on the journey, I keep going because I trust that what is in front of me is greater than what's behind me. Matthew chapter 14, verse 28. It says, then Peter called to him and said, Lord, if it's really you, Tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and he walked on water towards Jesus. This is the miracle. This is one of those moments that 
man, people have been waiting for. Like, like Peter saw an opportunity and he stepped into the middle of it, which I would just encourage you, what, what um, Henry Blackaby in his book, Experiencing God says, he says that if you really wanna experience all that God has for you, meet God where he's already at work. So Peter saw Jesus is walking on water and rather than trying to create his own miracle, he just joined where God already was. We, we live in a, in a day where we, like, look, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I, I love creating businesses, starting businesses and all that. But you don't have to manifest your own miracle when you can partner with God where he's already doing something. Yeah. Yeah. So Peter saw it. He said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come and I'll come. And for many of us, we hear about God doing amazing things and we want to be a part of it and we want to experience it but we don't have the courage to get out of the boat. And what's about to happen is there's about to be 11 disciples who are in the boat and full of faith, but because they didn't have the courage to get out of the boat, they never got to experience the miracle. And I think that's where the majority of the local church lives, is you've got the faith to watch a miracle, but you're not a part of it because you didn't have the courage to get out of the boat. So if you're taking notes, write this down. It takes faith to walk on water, but it takes courage to get out of the boat. Jesus said, take courage. And I got the faith to walk on water, but I will never walk on water if I don't have the courage to get out of the boat. If I don't have the courage to leave the safety and the comfort that the boat represents. If you truly want to experience miraculous things that God has, you are gonna to have to hurl your legs overboard. You're gonna to have to make the decision to get out when it doesn't seem comfortable. Safety and security is what we live for. Like, that's, the, that's the goal of most of our careers is that we would establish a career in such a way that we live a safe life, that we have enough money in our savings account and enough money in our retirement account to be able to live. And then at one, one day we're gonna retire and then we just get to, I don't know, vacation or do whatever we wanna do because we've worked hard and we've created this ecosystem where everything is safe. But the problem is for you to experience all that God has called you to do, you are going to have to leave safety and comfort to walk on water. You're gonna have to leave those things because your safety and comfort was never designed to be built on the things of this world. Your safety and your comfort was meant to be solely dependent on him. And for many of us as believers, as followers of Jesus, we've tried to build our life in such a way that we are our own provider, we are our own source of comfort and safety and protection. And I'm telling you, if you will let God wreck it, you'll experience miracles in your life. I remember when Tori and I felt called to plant this church and uh, we had announced we were gonna plant the church and it was great, but then I got a call for a job offer. Some of you know this about my background. I um, do graphic design and branding work and stuff like that. I got a call from a church to be a creative director for them. They were a mega church in Atlanta. 
And we were looking at, at the time, um, like the church wasn't gonna be in the position to pay me. It was, it, I was gonna be taking a step of faith. This church called with a job offer that was six figures. And I was like, Lord, this is you. I'm pretty sure this is you. <laughs> you know? I'm like, I, I, know, I know what steps of faith look like. Also, Lord, I know what, that's a lot of zeros, you know what I'm saying? But it took courage. It took faith. And it took a willingness. The safe play was to move to Atlanta to take six figures and then when we had enough money to come back and start the church. The safe play was to wait until we were a little bit older and had a little bit more experience, but, but that's not what God calls us to. God calls you to take risk. And the reason why many of us don't take risk is because we're afraid of risking our reputation. But every single person who God uses was willing to risk their reputation for him because he's worth it. And so Peter does that. He gets out of the boat. He hurls one leg overboard and he starts walking on water. He's experiencing Miracles, And that's the same thing that every single one of us are gonna have to do at some point if we wanna experience the miraculous things that God has. And for some of us, we're like, what do those miracles look like? I mean, there's a whole lot of things, but, but you know what modern day miracles look like? They look like marriages restored. They look like addicts set free from addiction. They look like lonely people finding friends and hungry people finding food, lost being found and growing in a relationship with Jesus. And I am challenging our church to not sit back full of faith in a boat when we could step out and walk on water, when we could see people set free. Do you know that the current statistics are that 50% of marriages end in divorce? Do you know the only way that that changes? Jesus. Do you know that even in a small town like Mount Pleasant, there are still thousands of people in, in a five mile radius of this place that don't have a relationship with Jesus. And we're not talking about building a big church and doing all that. We have a heart to plant multiple locations and it's not so that we get bigger, it's so that the kingdom grows. It's so that lost people find Jesus. And we're willing to risk everything to make that happen because it's worth it. Here's the thing. Can we pull up that verse one more time? Matthew uh, chapter 14, 28 through 29. I love this, what Peter says. So sometimes we, uh, we use blind ambition as a reason to just jump out of the boat. Peter doesn't do that. Peter realized it was Jesus. He said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come and I'll come. So Jesus said, come. It's not blind ambition. What Peter's doing is he's walking on the word. He knew that, he knew this principle that I want to teach you. And that is that God covers what he calls, but he has no obligation to cover what he doesn't call. So it could have been Jesus, but if Jesus didn't tell Peter to come, he would have hurled his legs overboard and he would have immediately gone down. But because Jesus told him to come, God covered it. Right. And I wanna encourage you, if you're taking courage, maybe you need to start that business that God has laid on your heart. Maybe you need to stop that business that you started without 
him telling you to. Maybe you need to say no to some obligations that you've overcommitted yourself to. I don't know what it is, but know this, where he calls, he covers. The, the like church planner in me says, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. Come on, <laughs> you know, like he covers it. He covers where he calls. Here's the last one I got for you. It's this, um, that the storm doesn't stop just because you took a step. The storm doesn't stop just because you took a step. If we look at the text, we see that Peter is walking on water, but the storm didn't stop before he got out of the boat. And that's what many of us are waiting on. We're waiting on the perfect condition. We're waiting for the ideal situation. We're waiting to have enough money in our savings account or we're waiting to retire or if we just accomplished this goal or got this promotion, if I just got a raise, then I would have the courage to start tithing. If I just did this, but the storm never stopped. The storm is still going on. And Peter chose to take the step anyways. Because here's what I want you to know. There is never going to be a convenient time for you to be obedient to God. It's not convenient. There's never going to be an ideal moment where there are no storms in your life and you can just get out of the boat. And it was like, oh, this was easy. Because if it was easy, you wouldn't need God to do it. But the storm is going on and maybe I just came to encourage somebody in here today that the storm that you've got going on is not an indicator that you've done something wrong. Maybe it's an indicator that you're exactly where you need to be, that you are right in the middle of God's plan. And I know it's a little bit chaotic, but where courage comes into play when you get out of the boat in the middle of a storm and you choose to take a step when you don't feel like it, is that you believe that God in front of you is bigger than everything going on around you. And when you walk in that kind of faith, there is nothing that you can't accomplish with God. When you have the boldness to say, uh, when the enemy is causing all kinds of chaos around you, to keep moving and to keep going forward, that's what courage really looks like. Sometimes we preach like, if you just take this step, it's all gonna be easy. You ain't gonna hear that at this church. I'm like brutally honest. Your life is probably going to get more difficult with the steps of faith you take. I love what Bishop T.D. Jake says. He says, new levels, new devils. Every single time I've taken a step of faith, every single time I've had the courage to get out of the boat, and this is not a one-time event. You're gonna find, once you get out of the boat, you're gonna walk on water for a little bit, you're gonna end up in another boat because you're probably gonna be like Peter and you're gonna make a mistake, you're gonna sink a little bit, the Lord's gonna rescue you, you back in the boat again. There's gonna have to be a time where you get back out. You go through this process over and over and over again. It doesn't get any easier, but here's what happens. After you take the courage to step the first time, the second time becomes a whole lot easier. Because it's that first step of courage that 
gives you the faith to believe anything is possible with God. So Peter takes that step. He gets out of the boat. Look at what scripture says. Peter's been walking on water for a second. We don't know how many steps he took, but we probably know it was awesome. He was living it up. He says, but when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Those wind and waves were still going on when he got out of the boat, but his focus was on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You're gonna make mistakes. You're going to fall. And when you do, when you do mess up, when you do fall, maintain the posture of Peter. Don't just suffer and drown. Drown? Is there, there, may, there may or may not be a D there. It's okay. Drown? Okay, come on, thank you. He began to sink. And as Peter is sinking, he cries out, Save me, Lord. And Jesus immediately. You need to circle that word in your Bible. He immediately reached his hand out. This is the gospel. This is what salvation is all about. Because technically, if you read scripture, every single one of us are drowning. Because of our sin, because of our disobedience, we are sinking. And because of that, we deserve death. So because of Peter's disobedience in this moment, Jesus could have justifiably let him die. But as soon as he called out, Lord, save me, Jesus reached out and grabbed his hand and rescued him. And that's what salvation is. Salvation is you and I realizing that without Jesus, we will die separated from him. But with Jesus, we can live again and we can have new life. And so for some of you in this room today, you feel like Peter in that moment. You are going under. But I believe that today is the day where you cry out, Lord, save me. And the best news of all is that if you still have breath in your lungs, it's not too late. So for just a moment, with every head bowed, every eye closed across this room today, I believe that there are some people who need to make that decision who need to surrender their life to Jesus. You recognize that without him, you're going under. But today you want him to rescue you. If that's you today, would you indicate that by simply lifting your hand for a moment and saying, hey, that's me. Here's what we're gonna do, church. Nobody prays alone. We're all gonna pray together. Will you repeat this with me? Dear Jesus, Today, I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for checking out this week's message. If you made any decisions for Jesus or you need a next step or have a prayer request, let us know by going to www propel.church/hub that leads you to our digital connect card where you can fill out all of that information 
as well as see what we have coming up here at Propel. Thank you again for tuning in, and we hope to see you again soon.